0: You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. No child ever says, I want to be an addict when I grow up. Adults in bondage are frustrated as if they're lost in a maze on a dark night. If you've been unable to break free, it's time we have a conversation about the life you have and the life you really want. It's time to start your journey. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Wayne. I'm so glad to be with you again today. I'm here with my lovely wife, Donna. Good morning, good morning. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. All right, you ready to do this? Yes, let's do it. All right, I guess we're supposed to say we have a sponsor. Oh yes. Who should we make up for our sponsor today? (laughs)
1: Let's do, don't do a make-believe one, let's do a real person.
0: A real person, okay.
1: (laughs) A real entity, yes.
0: How about if we're sponsored by Clarabel's Restaurant again in McLeod, Oklahoma at 105 North Main for the greatest food anywhere around here. How's that sound?
1: Sounds awesome.
0: All right. Now that we got our sponsor out of the way, (laughs) we are delighted to welcome you to our Breaking Free podcast. We are picking up in part two of uh, a continuation of last week. We are dealing with the wide open trap. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, we started out last week with our little Venus flycatcher illustration, which is so apt because most traps don't just jump out and go, boo, we're here. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just slowly, without you even realizing it, pull you in until you can't get
1: out. Yes. Tough. That's true.
0: And so we have to... One, figure out how to recognize traps when they're coming. Mm-hmm. Two, we have to have the wisdom to avoid them. Yes. And three, a lot of times we need something different that would take the place of the time and the energy and the thought process that we engaged in to, to enter into that trap. That's right. So let's uh, let's deal with... Uh, Item number six, if you have the uh, hard copy book, it's on page seven. I'm just going to assume, I hate to say I don't know this, that the Kindle version page numbers are the same. Um, So top of page uh, seven, uh, trap number six. It felt really good until it didn't. And then it felt really bad.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, just talking with someone yesterday on the street and what they've gone through and how their body has changed and the weight they have lost. And it used to be fun with friends and now they don't have those same friends. Their whole group setting has changed. The people they do drugs with has changed. The places have changed Mm -hmm. over time. And so what was fun When you were younger, uh, you've been in this for about 15, 20 years. Now your body's not the same. The people are not the same. The environment's not the same. And so it's no longer fun. It's something that you have to deal with every day that is really, really bad for you.
0: Yes. All right. Let's talk about number seven. It took the pain away for a while and then the pain wouldn't go away. Is it fair to say that addiction oftentimes is caused because we're trying to medicate pain or uh, make pain go away or uh, for a period of time become oblivious to the pain, but addiction always causes new pain, doesn't it? It does. Uh, New pain like in... Finding ourselves unemployed because our addiction interfered with our ability to perform a job or even get to the job on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, uh, addiction causes us to to lose family or at least to lose those family bonds of of support and and community, um, causes us to lose homes. Mm -hmm. How many people do we know on the street? that have lost their home, the roof over their head because of addiction, and uh, whether that was their behavior, their inability to pay their bills on time, um, not, not, not taking care of the home, being kicked out, uh, losing the job, which caused you to lose the ability to make the payment, which, or, or to have your family still in the home Mm -hmm. and you have to leave the family because of your addiction. Um, you know, and, and sometimes I won't make a crazy, crazy statement, but when you're dealing with homeless people and addiction, sometimes it's a blessing to get arrested. True. Because if you're in a winter day, like yesterday, blustery, cold, Mm -hmm. and, uh, Sometimes with the wind blowing so bad last night, uh, we, were, we were trying to bag uh, banana bread and cherry muffins that had been home-baked into sacks uh, to give away. And, and uh, the, the sack was blowing away. The, the, the young gal that was coming to, to pick them up uh, was having a hard time just walking towards the car because she was walking into the wind. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you imagine being homeless and living in that 24 hours a day, uh, sometimes prison's almost jail cell's almost a relief.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, not that they're uh, uh, a comfy spot, but it is a roof over your head. It is a meal, even if it's a bad one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be too cold or too hot, depending on the season of the year, but it, it's not like the exposure that's yeah. on the street. And, and how how sad is that? To say that addiction can bring us, falling into the trap of addiction can bring us to the place where a jail cell or a prison cell is a blessing compared to being exposed to the elements on the street. Um, And and most people can't even imagine that scenario, can they?
1: No, but it's true. And I've had guys tell me, it's getting close to wintertime, I'll do something to get myself locked up so I can be there through the winter, mm-hmm. and I've heard him say it um, because being in the raw elements is really, really painful. We've seen people with frostbite and different things on the street because when winter hits, it's a whole other program.
0: Yes. All right, number eight. I love this one. It was my friend. Mm-hmm. Now, we're talking about whatever the trap of addiction was and mm-hmm. and the substance that, that is our addiction. It, it was my friend. It just helped me chill until I chilled out of regular life. Mm-mm. I'm thinking of a, a young man in a small town about uh, 75 miles east of Oklahoma City who told us that... Uh, graduated from school about four or five years earlier. Uh, he, he worked when A, he had work available and B, he was in fit position to work, but he'd gone through most of the people that would tolerate his addiction and how that interfered with the work schedule. Mm-hmm. And so basically what he did is he hung out in an abandoned house in this small town with Six or seven high school buddies, and they laid around, got high, or got drunk all day. And that's what they did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, there may be someone that's listening to us right now that's going, Cool, wow, man, wish I could do that. Until you're in that spot and you're in the misery of knowing that you have no purpose, that you contribute nothing to society and that you don't know who you are anymore and you've you've basically lost all sense of of hope all sense of accomplishment all sense of self-worth and and you have become uh you remember the story of the prodigal son Mm -hmm. in the bible and the young man wants to uh uh, go and do his own thing. He wants to be liberated from his father. He mm-hmm. he wants his divorce decree from sonship. And so uh, he takes his share of his inheritance and goes out and parties.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Man, he has a gay old time and life is great. Till what? Runs out. Till he runs out of the inheritance money. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wakes up one morning and finds himself literally in a pig pen. Yes. Uh, eating the old corn cobs to survive. And the story of this young man that we're referring to reminds me of that prodigal son. Mm-hmm. That abandoned house for all intents and purposes is a pig pen. And those young men hang out there and waller in it, as a good oaky would say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the filth, in the downtrod, mess, they don't eat regular, they don't bathe regular and they will wake up one morning. Maybe not the first morning, maybe not the first week, maybe not the first month, but there will be a morning when they will wake up and say, wow, what have I done? Mm -hmm. They will discover they literally have just chilled out of regular life to the point they no longer have a life.
1: Yes, and some of the guys we've seen on the street for a long time, uh, you know, one guy, we've probably seen him for about seven years. Well, when we started seeing him, he was young and in his 20s and pretty vibrant, although he had an addiction, and now uh, he doesn't look 30, he looks 50. Yes. And time has passed, and he's finally figuring out that I look older than I should. Uh, My body's not healthy, and i got to do something or I'm going to die. Yes. And that's the hard conversations we have to have. Because I had one yesterday with a young man, and I said, do you want to live or do you want to die? Because I can only do this for you this time get you cleaned up get you redressed but you've got to make a decision for yourself yes i can keep you going so long but eventually you've got to wake up and make a decision to live or die
0: got to be that uh that um uh, what's the word i'm looking for that uh aha moment mm-hmm. uh for lack of a better word at the moment that that says if I don't do something, mm-hmm. um, I'm on a slippery slope to the end. Yes, and uh, we really are. We really are born. Uh, we live with a desire to live. Yes, and an addiction will will literally take that desire mm-hmm. from you.
1: Yes, we were talking last week about our thought life, and when your thought life is not whole. You you don't choose life. Yes. Every decision is how to get past the next moment or the next day to the next fix.
0: Now, in in future episodes of this podcast, we'll deal with a lot of other issues related to addiction, but but one of them is is that people in addiction who are either at or on the verge of that aha moment, I got to do something different. Um, the realization I'm in a pig pen and anything in regular life is is better than this experience I'm having right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what those people need amongst a multitude of things they need, but what they need is they need someone to tell them they can make it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they They need someone to tell them there is still a better life available. They need someone to tell them that that life is not what they're living right now. They are in fact living death.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we need to get back to the friend we were talking about. The friend is not the substance. The friend has got to be someone with skin on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is why we need to be out face to face. Yes. Being the love of Christ. Mm-hmm practicing the mercy and the grace and the peace that is who God is. Yes. All right. So number nine follows right along. I never would have made it without it until I couldn't make it without it. Mm -hmm. And so what was our friend now we're not talking about people, mm-hmm. but our our substance of our addiction uh, literally became our source, and then we come to a place where our whole life has fallen apart, and we are dependent mm-hmm. upon what we made our source, mm-hmm. and uh, you know again we'll get into some of these things later, but. But addiction, particularly with drugs and alcohol, uh, uh, it's it's a it's a clinical uh, fact that drugs and alcohol uh, change the neural pathways of your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it changes the balance of of chemicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, your 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 brain is is naturally made to balance itself, and so when when you do something with a drug, uh, whether that drug be a, a, a drug or an alcohol or or whatever, um, your your brain recognizes the intake of that substance and whatever that substance produces falsely in your brain, your brain stops producing that. So that when you don't have that substance, your brain is not producing that and you literally, literally clinically are dependent mm-hmm. Upon what that produces. And it can take as long as a year for your brain to recover and learn how to reproduce and rebalance itself without that substance. And that's why withdrawal is so difficult Mm -hmm. and recovery is so painful. Which brings us back to the original topic of this episode. That's why it's so critical that we recognize traps, that we develop the wisdom to avoid those traps, and that we not be sucked into something that will literally ruin our life. And change us not just physically, it changes us emotionally, it changes us spiritually. It changes us relationally. It changes uh, our place in the community. It places, changes uh, all of our reactions. It it changes how we we see, how we interpret what's going around us. And so um, the reality is, is in the process of getting into addiction, we embrace a lie. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And in the process of walking out that addiction, we live that lie. And so we can say that part of avoiding the trap is to recognize the lie. Yes. All right, where are we? We are on number 10. I thought I was tough and I could handle it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought wrong. Mm-hmm. And man, how often, particularly in fellas, with our... our chismo
1: macho macho
0: macho, macho man type stuff you know i can i can handle it it uh i'm i'm gonna do it for the satisfaction and for the fun but but it'll never get me which is really the trap was that lie Mm -hmm. it will never get me which was a lie and and that was the trap and we embraced the lie and in embracing the lie, we fell into the trap. Yes. But but this is not a this is not a trap solely for men. mm Women too have their own version of this. I'm tough. I can handle it. Yes. Don't they?
1: That's true. I think the girls that I see on the street, they I know I had a web page that we did. Um group and shawnee kind of had a forum and one of the questions was is why do young girls want to be strippers Mm. and i know and i was in shock and awe about that question but the young girls were asking this question and i thought about how that's how things start they start in that lifestyle of stripping Then they get on the street as prostitutes and they're in the to drugs. Then they're uh, from guy to guy to guy that puts them on drugs to keep them in that lifestyle uh, because uh, some of the uh, pimps out there will keep you drug addicted. So you can keep working and then that's your payment. But he gets to keep the cash.
0: Okay, so let's let's go back to what you said. Mm hmm. Um, and I don't know how off track we're gonna get because I was not expecting you to bring <laughs> stripping up into the podcast today. We... But 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 stripping Mm-mm. in in our modern day media yeah. has glamorized mm-hmm. those things as as glamour, as attention. Yes, as popularity. Um, you know, you get followers and, and we measure our worth by our number of followers.
1: Yes. And that was one of the things the girls wanted to do, not just because it paid well, it's because that they got the attention that they didn't ever get. Um, also, they got into a lifestyle that they could have enough money to buy all these things, you know, the Gucci bags or whatever it was. And this was the discussion. And um, what I had to say during this forum is you don't realize the trap you're getting into You don't realize Mm. that the guy that's watching you is going to follow you home and that's how you get raped Um, because the person that is there watching what's happening is going to follow you home. And so it ended up, it ends up into a lifestyle that you never mean to get into because it looks glamorous because the media does make it look real glamorous and, you know, the I always talk about how much money you make. And this is the the thought process with young girls that are in high school. And that was one of the questions. Mm-hmm. So I was in such shock and awe. But then I had to gather myself to say to them, that is a trap. If you think that lifestyle is just going to get you pole dancing and off the pole and you get your money, and you get to go home to mom or whoever you're going home to. That's not how it's going to happen.
0: no. Yeah, and what what I keep thinking while I'm listening to you talk is that life life is is not uh the quality of life is is not measured by how many followers we have mm-hmm. but by how many loving relationships that we have
1: that's right
0: and those followers uh, of of that profession uh are simply objectifying you mm-hmm and you think you have followers the truth is you have customers mm-hmm. um, it's 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 visual prostitution it is and uh it's not about a loving relationship no uh, you know you get sit and go to the hospital those followers aren't coming to visit you mm-hmm. they're not going to sit at your bedside they're they're not going to help you learn to walk again after an accident. They're not going to hold your head while you're throwing up your guts. Uh, you know, uh, that's, that's, not, that's not who they are. They're, they're following for what they get. And when you can no longer produce what they want, mm-hmm. they won't follow no more. That's right. And uh, so I want to repeat what I said. The quality of life is not measured by how many followers we have. It's measured by how many loving relationships we have.
1: Yes. And it goes back to believing a lie. Young women believe a lie. Mm
0: -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. And we have to get to the truth that we do have worth. Yes. We do have self-worth and our worth um, is not going to come just because we have those followers or those type of things. It comes from knowing who we are in God and that we are, worthy to uh have a king cuz we are queens
0: yes which what we've been talking about ties in with number 3 from last week when you bring up the subject of worth everyone else who was doing it I just didn't want to be made fun of mm-hmm. and so uh you know our 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 worth uh, our our self image uh, our ability to to know how, who we are, and stand as who we are, whether we're by ourselves, have one person with us, or a crowd with us, mm-hmm. but that we chart the course of our life based on our values, and those values being rooted in loving relationships because a we have a loving heavenly father yes Amen. regardless of whether you ever had a loving physical earthly father Mm -hmm. or mother or family unit uh you have a loving heavenly father uh contrary to fundamental evangelical christianity teaching god's angry he's not no he's a he is love yes and all he can do is love because Mm -hmm. he is love so you have a loving heavenly father. He made you in his image. And uh, you know Wow. Um uh, there's there's no need to to fall into these traps which are nothing but a lie mm-hmm. that's glammed up to get our attention. Yes. And then later we become enslaved to. So we thought we could Make never, I never would have made it without it until I couldn't make it without it, mm-hmm. which says you're a slave. Mm-hmm. I thought I was tough and I could handle it. I thought wrong, which says you, you bowed your knee because you, you couldn't stand. Which leads us to number 11. I thought it helped me cope and manage my life better until it managed me. Mm -hmm. and we literally become a slave yes so we we start off on whatever our road to addiction is whatever trap whatever lie uh whatever misunderstanding whatever pathway of being naive that that we had no clue nobody let us know we didn't ponder before we made those decisions so we weren't able to apply any wisdom or reasoning that that god would give us and and here we find ourselves in absolute, complete bondage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so, so what, what do you have to say about that, babe?
1: Well, I think
0: that. It managed me.
1: Yes, it's, it rules. It rules, which means that every decision made, every step made is based on that next fix. And so it manages your everyday life. it manages your schedule. it manages where you're gonna go from morning till late at night.
0: okay, but what about what? Well, I can quit any time not true what no sir so you' you're telling us that that in addiction, we have a tendency to lie to ourselves mm-hmm. Wow, how dare you?
1: It's the truth. And we gotta speak the truth though.
0: You know how we know it's a lie? No. Because when we head down the slippery slope of destruction mm-hmm. that addiction brings and every one of these trap statements mm-hmm. is is a picture of that slippery slope. Yes. And and once we realize we're on that slippery slope, whether we ever will admit it out of our own mouth or not, if we really could quit at any time, we would.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the fact that we haven't says we can't.
1: That's right. And a slippery slope, if you're just sliding down, you know, the hill as we used to do at kids when it was snow on the ground, you're grabbing at everything, but you never catch anything. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happens. You start grabbing for something that's gonna hold you and only God's gonna hold you.
0: Well, one of the problems is is because in addiction you you lose your support network. Mm-hmm. You you burn your bridges to it eventually. And so your family puts you out. Yes. Your your spouse throws you out. Your your employer cans your butt. And and so, you know uh the, the landlord uh gives you an eviction notice mm-hmm. the, the 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 car finance company uh locks you out of your ignition and sends a tow truck to pick up your car yeah uh you you end up burning every bridge of your support network
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and now you're stuck with the statement i can quit anytime i want to but you don't have any support and it's extremely difficult, yes, if not impossible, to kill addiction on your own.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because the truth is, in almost every one of these situations, you had some type of help. If it was nothing more than the dealer or the clerk at the liquor counter, you had some type of help getting into your addiction. Mm-hmm. And now everyone has abandoned you. You are the prodigal son in the big pen, and you were not designed a pig. No. And you were not designed to live as a pig. That's right. And you are out of your element. You're out of your world and you have to figure out how to get back. Yes. And so ultimately everything comes down to, are you willing to make a decision that, Somehow, some way, even though I don't have the answers, and even though I may not even have the knowledge, I may not have the wisdom, I may not have anything I need, the one thing I can do is I can make a decision. I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to stop living in death, and I'm going to start living life. Yes. And I'm going to find me some help. Yes. And so... You know, as, as as we're recording this podcast today, we're, we're praying as we are every day that if you're in addiction, that you've found the book Breaking Free from Addiction, The Journey Back to Father's Design, that that maybe someone uh, knew you in your addiction and they went in and bought you a copy of the book, that, that you know somebody that that knows God in the way that we know God, mm-hmm. as a, as a loving heavenly Father, who who designed you for great things, who designed you literally to be Him in the earth, who designed you to be free to to rule over your life and 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 to rule in the earth around you, and and to not be ruled. You were designed to be free. Yes. Yeah. You are not designed to be in the bondage of addiction. And uh, I, I just pray that these trap situations we've talked about, may, maybe we didn't mention your trap.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I'm sure that if we spent weeks and months, we couldn't think of all the trap statements and scenarios that can, that can pop up into someone's life and, and trip them up and, and mm-hmm. lure them into addiction. But but maybe in in going through these these eleven trap statements, maybe maybe we we tickled something on the inside of you, um uh, opened something up that that made you begin to think and and look at your life, and you can see uh what your particular weakness area was.
1: Yes, pray so
0: and I want to do it real quick with this before we close the day. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not in addiction and you're trying to help someone in addiction, uh, it's it's so easy to walk in harsh judgment of someone that you know in addiction. And, and let me say first, the last thing someone in addiction needs is harsh judgment yes. from somebody they have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. They need all the... Love and grace and mercy and peace they can they can grab hold of on their way down that that slippery slope to stop their descent. But what I want to help the people who walk in judgment towards people with addiction is this is when you find someone addiction, you found someone with a weak spot
1: mm-hmm.
0: who didn't know how to become strong in their area of weakness. Whatever their trap, uh, you know, their their trap might be self-worth, their their trap might be that they're a workaholic and they're gonna take some speed so that they can keep going and finish the project. That's that's their weakness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and you may not be weak in that area, probably aren't. That's why you're judgmental. And so you're judging from your strength, you're judging their weakness. Mm-hmm. But if those tables were turned That person's addiction has some areas that are strong. True. And they can see your areas where you're weak. And that's why we can't judge our brother like the world loves to judge. It's because we always judge from our strength someone else's weakness Mm -hmm. while we ignore our weakness that somebody else could be judging. True. So we have to raise up an army of people who have empathy because they love,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who will reach out and begin to speak into the lives of those who are in addiction and, and help to reveal the lie and speak against those lies. Mm-hmm. And every trap is a lie. There's a There's a lie at the root of every trap.
1: It's true. We have to make a decision to live and not just survive. And that's the trap that we're making it. We're making it. But we need to live and not just survive.
0: Mm-mm. Now, I want to share a scripture verse. This is my second closing. <laughs> Proverbs eighteen seven says, A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are a snare to his soul. Mm -hmm. And every one of these statements that we read was something that an addict has thought. Mm -hmm. And they may not have said it exactly that way out of their mouth, but they've said something in their own words that said that. And the power of our words is is that when we hear what our mouth says we receive it into our heart mm-hmm. as fact and then because it's a fact we justify our acting on it mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's there's two sides to this coin one we said something that led us into the trap, and then, having embraced the trap, this doesn't sound right, but to be entrapped by the trap mm-hmm. to be caught in the trap okay yes. to be caught in the trap we we begin to live a lifestyle that becomes our identity mm-hmm. and then we begin to speak who we are in the trap as if that's us. Mm-hmm. And that's not us, that's an imprisoned us, that's a false identity. But now we're hearing as a fact who we say we are Mm -hmm. in addiction, and that's not who we are. So we have to break the lie that we cause with our own lips, Mm -hmm. and we have to break the trap statement so that we can come out of both lies to break free.
1: Yes. We have to believe. When you believe a lie, you live the lie. When you believe the truth, you live the truth.
0: Oh, that's good. I might want to put that on a T-shirt. Oh,
1: okay, let's do it.
0: Let everybody downtown see that. What do you say we pray today?
1: Let's do it.
0: Close this podcast out. Heavenly Father, I just... I want to thank you today for every person that's in the sound of my voice in the moment they hear this podcast. And I just pray, Father, that the natural discernment that is in every man and woman because they're designed in your image would begin to rise to the surface. Yes, Father. And, Father, these individuals hearing me right now will begin to walk in a wisdom that's not new to them, but a, a wisdom that is fresh to them and their understanding. Mm-hmm. That they'll begin to recognize traps. They'll begin to recognize the lies. They'll begin to uh, become aware because they can't yes. break out of anything that they can't face. Thank you, Father, that there is a, there's an inner honesty that never leaves us nor forsakes us. And yes. even in the midst of living a lie, even in the midst of living in daily death, we still know the truth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We still know who we are. Mm-hmm. And we may have moved ourselves to a place where it's harder to hear your voice, but your voice always calls to us. Yes. You always draw us. No matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've come through, no matter what place we've found ourselves at, you are, are lovingly calling us back into a love relationship with our Heavenly Father. And your grace, and your mercy.
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: Cuts through all of the crap of daily life and all of the crap of, of our addiction. And and you draw us back and you speak to us Jesus. That you have life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you have love, that you have purpose, yes. that you have design, and you have every answer. Yes, Lord. Every answer to radically change our lives. Thank you, Father. And to break free from addiction and to come back to a place where we live in the joy of how you have designed us. I just pray that you continue to keep each person. Yes, Lord. Miraculously provide for their every need. Yes. Send them mentors and people full of mercy and grace to speak into their lives until we can speak into their lives again ourselves.